Welcome to another episode of 353rd, a bi-weekly podcast discussing the impact of the internet on business. Today is Thursday, July the 11th. This is episode number 56. I am your host, Scott Barstow. I am your other host, Anders Brownworth. And Anders, it's a great day in 353rd history as we have our first ever special guest. That's right. Today on the podcast, we have Farshad Nayiri. Farshad is the founder of Pixa, which you can find online at pixa.com. That's P-I-X-X-A.com. Pixa is the maker of Perspective, an application we mentioned on our last show about the post-PC era. We invited Farshad on to talk about the history of Perspective, his partnership with Horace Deju, and how he sees the road ahead, and anything else that he wants to talk about. (laughs) Farshad, welcome to 353rd. Thank you guys for having me. I'm happy to be on this podcast, and also uh, it's good to know I'm the first one, the first guest. <laughs> I had no idea before this. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. So tell, uh, tell us a little bit about, just give us a little bit of your, of your personal history, if you don't mind. I have been um, doing, building things, really, with computers, networks, and visualization, all sorts of things about uh, software, mostly for um, my career, which has spanned a few different platforms. Uh, and, you know, from the old... Uh, I started working on a VAX, I guess, time-sharing machine, and now nice. the PCs, and, and then now the mobile stuff. So, um, I don't know, lately we've been doing a lot of app development, and that's sort of how we, did, we built app products for other people. And eventually what happened is that we came across this idea of perspective, and we thought it was cool to to build it. So we went off and built it. So that's where we are now with Pixel. Great. So uh, can you tell, uh, can you tell us about perspective, like what it does and the problem you're trying to solve when you, uh, when you built it? Well, it's um, the idea, the, the, the job that we're trying to uh, address is how do we create uh, and how do we have persuasive communication in, you know, the post PC world uh, using basically the, the, the iPad. And um, a lot has changed, as I said, over my career and, and in the last uh, many years, and in fact, in the last few years. And we think that there are new ways that we can communicate with each other that's much more uh, enhanced than, than what is available today uh, for people, which is basically throw around PowerPoint decks or uh, maybe they use Keynote. It's, it's just how do we rethink the way communication is done with this uh, new device that has touch. It's got precision that's uh, as good as paper. It's got portability with network uh, that's almost as good as a book. And you have all the dynamicisms of a computer built into it, as well as the network and the internet. So all these things in to, together, our, our thought is that the, you know, the, there is the Steve Jobs um, car and truck analogy. We, we actually are trying to figure out how do you use this, um, you know, the, the iPad being one of the cars to, to uh, run circles around all the trucks in terms of how productive you can be in creating compelling presentations uh, and, and communicating with other people, uh, whether it's with data, with diagrams, and, and just... Um, that's that's what we're trying to do with it. So to me, it seems like you had two options at the outset here. One is to make a 
sort of a just an evolutionary product that uh, you know maybe had a few more features and used some of the iPad's capabilities, but still was tethered in some way to a desktop app or a or a laptop or something like that. But instead, you chose to do a really a revolutionary move where you cut all ties with anything having to do with the desktop. You forfeited the ability to take the images that you have on your computer and just drag them over into the presentation. That, the, so there's obvious negatives, right, that went on with that. But there's, there are big positives to having to break out here and make a, a product that works in the iPad only. What made you make that choice? Well, most of the design choices we've had, including this one, is not a single reason why this design choice came up to be. You know, I, I think we think of design as a much more holistic thing, uh, and there's not one reason that brings us to this. I, I think oftentimes people think of this as some kind of a strategy, and that's part of it. But, you know, looking at where the tablets are going and where the PC shipments are going, I just heard, uh, you know, the latest quarter, there's been five quarters of decline for the PC. Those are true. You know, you can say it was a strategy, but really it's, it's a, a combination of factors that go into it. I'll try to touch upon some of them. In a sense, we could ask similar questions. Why did the iPhone not have replaceable batteries? It's like, well, it's not a one thing. They wanted to make it thin, but they also wanted to make it robust. So, so all those things go together and you say, well, we are, we are going to be limited by not having a battery, but we are going to gain some number of things. And that's how, how we felt about it. And that informs our design. So, so in the case of why do we use the iPad? For, for one, an important point about perspective is that it's meant to be not just a consumption device or a consumption application where you got, uh, or, uh, you know, it's meant to be both for you to go and see other people's stories. And in fact, we have a featured section where you can go and see other people's story. The idea is like they should be, our, we are striving to be things like um, TED type of talks. And you look at these, and unlike TED Talks, when you watch them and you're excited about it and you want to tell the story or your own story like them to other people, then what do you do then in the case of a tech talk? In case of perspective, you can go create your own stories, publish them, and even if they're good enough, we'll feature them so other people can see them. So we wanted to have a platform that was both for watching stories, for, for playing them, the lean back experience, uh, as well as interacting, that's kind of a lean forward, and then as well as being able to create your own stories. And really, if you look at all the platforms available today, uh, the tablet, and in particular the iPad, because that's the prominent tablet, is the perfect platform for that. Uh, because with even a, the, the lean forward experience with an iPad, I would contend that is a better lean forward experience than you have on a PC, because you got the pinch yeah. and zoom, you know, you got, you got the ability to use your touch and uh, what what people you know we have a lot of motion diagrams and motion graphics uh, motion charts and what I think compels people is that they really feel they're touching the underlying data and and it's it's a connection that's kind of hard to explain unless you go try the app and see it for yourself so so that you know those are some of the things that inform also we are we wanted to be lean and mean and you know we wanted to do the best on a platform it's already a very difficult task to put out an app like perspective. Uh, with our, you know, I would con contend it's uh, ambitious goals on on one platform. We also support the iPhone, by the way, to be able to view stories. Mm -hmm. But putting it onto a completely different platform, like let's do a desktop version. How does Pinch and Zoom work on the desktop version? I don't even know 
what is the gesture you use on a Mac to do pinch and zoom? Yeah. Uh, you right. know, so, so those kind of things, all of them come together and it was like, well, we're just going to focus on the touch-based platform. And uh, for now, that means iOS and everything else. You know, you said like importing files and stuff. Those are utilities that we can add as the time goes by. But we wanted to keep the, the, the design space uh, pure. And, and I would add one more thing is that we felt that this added constraints to our design. It actually made the design more constraints when you're on an iPad. You don't want to type. You want to optimize gestures. And it almost like is a harder job than if you were to do some of these on, for, for the programmers, for us, to support this on the iPad than we could do on a desktop. And we think that's good. The constraints allow us to rethink problems. For example, you mentioned the images. A lot of times what people are doing anyway are searching the web. So this kind of path of allowing images to be imported led us to this integrated web search inside the perspective where you can load images directly from the web. And we actually have backlinks so to deal with copyright and citing. It automatically gets cited. So a lot of steps that you even don't get in presentations you make on the, on the PC, you, you actually get with perspective. And then I would add just we also wanted to support recording of stories yeah. because voice is central. We didn't, these were all thoughts we had and we felt like on an iPad it would be easier to support that all the time. So, Whereas on, yeah. Yeah, so let's get into that. So, uh, yeah. uh, we, we didn't ex- exactly explain everything about, uh, perspective. Just some of the things having to do, and this is, I'm talking about our last show, just some of the things mm-hmm. having to do with visually how it's different. Don't think I talked about uh, recording audio, although, as you mentioned, that's that's one of the capabilities. Mm-hmm. So you you uh, have your story, you hit record, you go through your slides, you you speak. The iPad microphone records your voice, packages it up as a, as a presentation of your story that can be shown to others, uploaded uh, this kind of thing, and get access to it. There's also a, a really innovative feature of this platform that you've been rolling out lately, um, talking about Airshow. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain what was the problem and, and you know, how, how'd you get there? Sure. I, I think um, if I can be doing that in a couple of steps. Yeah, uh, sure. One is that I want to say you, said, you mentioned recording. Uh, it's important to say that the recording is not only recording your voiceover, it's also all the interactions. So, so imagine perspective is like an app. Like it's not like a, a PowerPoint. It's like the way you would interact with apps. There is interactors all over the place, you know, sliders and, and, and menus for changing the data and stuff. And all those interactions get recorded and get packaged up with your voice. So then, and then you can publish it. So, so yeah. then you, you move a slider, uh, let's say a slider through time, and you see a whole bunch of things change. Maybe a, it's a chart having to do with time, and you see the slider move. And, and uh, so I'm recording this, and I move the slider on my screen. And then when you go and watch it, you, the slider automatically runs, moves on your screen as you're hearing my audio talk about it. That's what you're saying, right? Right, exactly. So you're, in a sense, you're almost recording a video, except you're doing this on your own iPad. You don't have to, who knows what you're wearing while you're doing it. Let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, but but it, it actually, you know, and also you're doing it self-recording. Self, uh, and, right. And, and also the product is almost like a video, except 
when it gets delivered, even small stories can map to retina quality images because we are recreating these charts on the fly. So it's not like just the bitmap. Right. So, so the, yeah. the data is, is packaged in with the story and the, the presentation of it is not a video file per se of what is happening on the screen, but rather everything is being regenerated as you watch it, which makes the right. footprint be extremely small. Exactly. And, and this, this, uh, part of this is that now, now if we come back from the, we, we come in from the audience perspective, the person who's watching this re- pre-recorded story, uh, they can pause it. Okay, great. But they can switch between what we call scenes, like the equivalent of slides. They can, they can say, oh, this is boring. I'm going to go to the next topic. Mm-hmm. Right. And not have to scan through video the way, you know, you go on YouTube and you're like, where is the next thing? And then you're like spending five minutes trying to find the next thing and then you miss it and then you have to go back. The topics are going along with these scenes. And then finally, if they want to, they can pause it and they, because we have all the da- underlying data with these stories and all, all the interactions are built in, you can actually interact with them yourself as an audience. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to, we have, we have kind of switched uh, a lot of things. The audience can have a lean forward experience by just pausing and then saying, oh, I, I want to play with this chart myself to see what was happening with it at a certain point of time. Yeah. So, so that's, that's sort of the idea of recording. But, uh, you know, I think you mentioned Airshow, and I just want to say that part of the design we've had, and this is different, we've had, you know, I've worked on like 150 apps, and this, this we have done differently, which is in a sense an organic design, where we put out a version, and then we learned from that, and we kept putting out versions. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand that seems standard I- incremental or, or iterative approach, but apps on the App Store don't work this way. You know, people put out their jazzy version 1.0, and if they didn't win the lottery, they'll just give up and move on to the next app. That is what the App Store is supporting today, that model. Right. We're not going with that. Uh, and what we're... So you had mentioned uh, Horace Dedu and Asimco, and really what he, what he has done is that he's been brave enough to use our early versions of our software <laughs> yeah. and load his data into it because he had the need and we had the software. So he had the need. So we said, okay, let's go and do some shows with it. So for the last uh, two years, he, you know, people have been going around uh, and he's the lead of those, you know, the, 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 probably the number one presenter with perspective, but there are others uh, who have been going around giving talks with this. And every time they give a talk, uh, I, sometimes I've been there. Uh, usually it results... Uh, in a near heart attack for me because I'm just always wondering <laughs> if it's going to crash. Well, of course, it, it really hasn't, so that's good. But also, we learn from each experience and we we uh, we increment over what things we could do. Um, so, so, well, let's to, let's yeah. quick, So, how did you get uh, connected with Horace to begin with? So, I mean, it was a uh, so Horace and I in a past life used to work together at a research lab at uh, the. A company called GTE, which is one of the companies that went into Verizon, so it was kind of like a Bell Labs sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, tele- telephone company research lab. We both started our careers that we didn't really work together. We were in the same uh, department or not department, the same lab, which is like you know 100 or so people, but but we didn't work together that much. But we had sort of I I heard about him from a common friend we had. And I started listening to his, uh, you know, to his podcast, Critical Path. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of apps at, at uh, myself and my team. And, um, 
I've always been interested in visualization. So he was complaining about, you know, he wanted to do motion charts on the iPad and he was complaining about how, you know, I don't know, some uh, stuff from Hans Rosling that went to Google and then they made a Java version of it. And then like, it was really hard to replay it on the iPad. So he was, you know, going on about this. And I, yeah. I sent him an email and said, Hey, you know, we could do this. And he said, Oh yeah. I said, yeah. Uh-huh. So we started talking and huh. we did a version and it was like, you know, just like tried it. Okay, Without, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. There was no product. It was just like let's load his data to see if we can do something interesting. Right. So we did it, and you know he was brave enough that he tried that. I think the first public talk was January of, you know, we started talking sometime in 2000, end of 2011. I think the first public talk was MacWorld January 2012. Right. Uh, was was when he used one of our motion charts, and you know it was pretty well uh, received. So then it was like, how can we make it better? So every time uh, we do anything, we're like, do, what do we learn from the previous uh, experience? So this kind of leads us to uh, talking about this airshow yeah. uh, feature of the product, which is we started, uh, so, so we are pushing the edge on what you could do on this highly interactive device that has touch and um, and and it's got it's got it's got this retina display. It's beautiful, and we can do beautiful you know uh, visualizations and 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 presentation on it, and imagery. And then you go to give this talk, and then you have to then you say, okay, so I have it on my iPad now. I want to show it to a bunch of people at a talk. How do you do this? Mm-hmm. So uh, are you you know the one idea is to use AirPlay with Apple TV. Well, a lot of conference don't support it or they have VGA input and then you have to in fact up until like two months ago it was really hard to convert easily Apple TV signal HDMI Mm. to to VGA without taking a humongous like hardware piece with you yeah Um, and and the other thing there is is sometimes the Wi-Fi network is not going to handle the stream for whatever reason. It doesn't have enough uh, bandwidth or whatever. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, if you look at iPad 3, I, 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 my one, I would say it's my least favorite iPad is iPad 3. It's <laughs> <laughs> because the processor is so slow next to the Retina display. So yeah. most of the time when you give talks with iPad 3 on AirPlay, you could easily have glitches. And, and um, so, so there, that was one. The other thing is you could get these apps now on the Mac and you could drive your Mac. You can connect your Mac and then they emulate AirPlay. I don't think they're, um, they're actually sanctioned by Apple, but they exist. Uh, like Reflector is called. and they're mm-hmm. one. Um, you could do this, but then you're like logging your laptop around and doing with that. They work and we have tried them you know, at different conferences that we run ourselves like ASIMCOM for uh, the Airshow workshop. Uh, we have tried them, but but they're they're um, they're kind of a pain, and it kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, yeah. you could plug in your iPad directly, but then you're tethered. We like the way Horace gives talks is he's walking around. Yeah, it's like that itself is kind of impressive to people. So so all these all these problems existed. So in fact, uh, Anders, I think you went to the Harvard talk. I uh, did. Yeah, yeah. Horace gave. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that specific talk because. I don't know what was happening, but you know, usually there's some five things go wrong when you yeah. go do these live things. So probably five five things were going. Well, wrong. he was presenting from an iPhone on that one, if I remember right. Yeah, he was. But yeah. actually, 
that happened to be my iPhone because he didn't have the right <laughs> version of the app. Yeah. And, and, and my iPhone was uh, out of battery because I was like using it to guide me to the right location. That's right, yeah. So, so yeah. you know, I think the whole iPhone ran at like started at 20% battery yeah. while he was giving his talk. <laughs> And, and of course, part of the problem was like, you know, uh, I, the reason I had to be there is that I had to bring my laptop, connect to reflection and stuff like that to make sure it's working. It was local to me. We're in Boston area. So it wasn't that big a deal. But you don't expect people to have to do all this. So we were facing this and we were like, you know, on that trip, I remember, I thought to myself, and we had always thought about this, but I was like, you know, we could just project onto another version of perspective running directly attached to the projector so now we don't need to deal with apple tv mm-hmm. um you know it, it's kind of helpful uh, because because we don't need to we, we have a you know both of them are we control and we can actually see what's happening on apple tv everything you're seeing people on the in the presentation are seeing as well so there's no plugging or unplugging you yeah. have to have it on to know it's working but they can see everything you're doing so um that we started with that but then we were like you know, if we could do this, why can't we just directly uh, project to the iPads of the people who are there that might have iPads? Uh, and then the next question was, okay, so if we're projecting to iPads and these people are sitting looking at their iPads, why do we have to be there at all? Why can't we do this with them being remote? So that's kind of like the evolution of the airshow concept is actually is, is it started by saying the projector was in our way. Why is the projector in our way? Its resolution sucks. It, yeah. uh, it's, it's colors that it puts out is different from what's on the iPad. Uh, oftentimes, people can't even see the screen. There is zoom in, zoom out problems. We have this pinch and zoom, which helps with that. But if the contrast is bad on the projector, you still can't see a lot of details. It's all about how can we communicate the richness of the, of, of the medium, uh, the, of, the, of the data, of the, of the content, and get it as close to the eye of the viewer as possible. Yeah, and so it and, turns out everybody in the audience is sitting there with a retina device, you know, on their lap. So why not use that? That was the idea. And yeah. yeah, that's really that's a great idea. I wonder. So you talked earlier about uh, you know the constraints that you guys felt as you were, or the constraint choices you guys were faced with. I'm curious if if you've seen. Uh, you know, the traditional PowerPoint presentation, everybody hates them. It's everybody puts bullets and all this stupid text that nobody wants to read. And I'm curious uh, what's been your observation about because you have these constraints or your users have these constraints, what does it force them to do that they probably wouldn't have done? Like, how, is the, how does the, the process of building one of these, these presentations, how's that changed? fundamentally with your users because i imagine them having to deal with these constraints has forced them to change the way they think about presentations and change the way they think about telling stories so are you seeing the behavior that you wanted to see from your users is that are you starting to see that and like are you is it is the product producing the kinds of excellent presentations that you had in mind when you started um i think that we we are seeing some of that I think that the the road to changing, I mean, the thing you have to keep in mind to changing the way people communicate information is a very long road. Uh, and we're in it for the long, long haul. But, but we are seeing, 
for example, we don't support bullets in perspective yet. Ever. Every version that we put out, we, we think about it. But, but it actually, if you don't have those things, it forces people to rethink how they're going to do this. And, and our kind of idea is that you really want to develop the ideas. And, and if you look at the way people give presentations, um, they they spend a lot of times on these making you know bullets and then the fancy builds whereas the bullets are really uh are 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 notes to the presenter that's if, right if you are just going to read off some bullets you may as well have some index cards at least we could look at you instead of your bullets i agree uh, so yeah. uh, you know so so that's one the other thing is that we we really the best presenters in perspective have the fewest words on their on their um, presentations. You can right. use images for imagery. I'm not saying there should be no words, but you know you want to you want to keep it to a minimum and and like uh, you know use data to convince people because otherwise you're just like it's kind of like you're opining. You're telling me your opinion instead of showing it to me. So that's right. kind of the perspective is more like a show me environment now. Having said that, I don't want to be, you know, it's important to remember that PowerPoint has been with us for like a quarter of a century. So it's not like, to, you know, tomorrow everybody in the world is going to stop using bullets. So, <laughs> so, so what we are doing now is uh, we have this thing called the Airshow Workshop, not to be confused with the Airshow, the feature. Uh, the Airshow Workshops, we're doing it, uh, these workshops around, around the world uh, so that we can, you know, with Horace, in fact, with ASIMCO, where we teach people to start to think about things in this different way, uh, which we think is going to help. And we're working on creating new tutorials that, that help people think this way. But, but Scott, you're right that they, uh, you have to change the way you do things. It, it does move you to a different productivity level, though, because it's a different platform. For mm -hmm. example, uh, people, it's, it's much more productive to bring in data. Once you load the data, you can get, let's say, we think about this. It's called, you know, means of production. How long does it take? If you think about the most, you know, uh, a most, uh, a, a, the most important part of a talk is an important part of a talk is is for for the one to entertain their audience. And you can look at like I have thirty minutes. I have to inform them, but in order to inform them, I have to entertain them, and. One of the things, you can look at data and say, oh, my God, you know, uh, where do I get this data and stuff? The flip side is an emotion chart. Can, you can spend 20 minutes talking about it while everybody's paying attention hmm. in an emotion yep. chart because it's an interactive thing. You can pinch and zoom. You can move in and out. Even a diagram. Let's say you were talking about, um, you know, I, I, you know the, the, this new thing that uh, the Elon Musk uh, is making the the transport. Yeah, the, yeah. Let's say you just put an image up, and it's the image of what the architecture of this thing should should be, and you just pinch and zoom in this, and and focus on different areas, talk about it. That itself, you can spend you know fifteen minutes talking about that while people are paying attention. Yeah, it, and from personal experience, uh, you know, like so for example, if you were to throw up a static picture of, you know, in this case, the Hyperloop, right? Right. You're 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 just looking at the static picture, and in in uh, uh, PowerPoint, you you kind of want to sw swap to the next one. But you're saying the the zooming in and moving around and all this kind of thing makes a bit it makes a difference, and it, it from personal experience, it makes a huge difference. It brings you back into the 
the you know keeps your mind engaged because uh, you're you kind of like doodling in your head. You're looking at little things, little features of the picture. You didn't realize there was a guy standing on the left over there, or whatever it is. And things are constantly moving and and constantly keeping you engaged. Maybe just zooming around a picture isn't as as directly useful to the the topic as maybe sliding through uh, numbers and and zooming in and looking more closely at something might be. But it definitely cuts the the boredom. You know those uh, PowerPoint presentations that that drone on and on forever, and the guy puts one slide up there, and you're be- and it's up there for like ten minutes. And you're just pounding your head against the wall because you just want it to change to something else so you can look at something else. You know, by that point, exactly. you're pulling out your phone or whatever you're doing. So it, it definitely breaks things up in a big way. Yeah. Sure. So I'm curious, uh, Farshad, I'm curious mm-hmm. what you think about uh, other – so PowerPoint, obviously, kind of a legendary part of the Microsoft Office suite. And, you know, Apple's got Keynote and all of those mm-hmm. kind of things. I'm curious – what you think about the future of applications like Excel or Word going through this same kind of revolution? Will we see an equivalent Excel application that's built primarily for touch? And if so, how does I mean, have you guys thought about that or have you thought about that as just kind of a, you know, there's do we just start seeing these traditional business applications? get completely rethought in the context of somebody walking around with this device they can take anywhere very easily and all the things that you've thought about with, uh, with um, perspective. Right. So that's a really good question. And I think that we need to rethink about, we didn't start by saying we want to make a PowerPoint uh, you know, alternative. We started yep. by saying we want to talk about, you know, the, the really beginning point was like, oh, we want to just uh, talk about data and it's boring to put up just things, so let's make an app about data. That was the starting point. Then we realized we're really telling a story. And then we realized various things that went from there uh, and added other things other than data display. But um, so, I, I mean, in a sense, we didn't, uh, what, what perspective is and what useful apps are, are not just versions of the desktop apps. Sure. It's more like you take slices of everything and put it together and integrate it. At least that's how we're looking at perspective. I, I think of perspective as having a slice of Excel in it. Uh, it, it actually does. Uh, if you, you know, there's a data editor and in, the, the, the scene machinery is doing Inside the core of perspective is, is the, um, a, pivot, a pivoting engine. So the reason, the way we do these motion charts is through using, you know, basically doing high scalable pivot tables on any of the, any of the dimensions in the data. Mm-hmm. So, so we had to take guts of Excel and stick it in there. Uh, we had to take, in fact, there is a, you know, there's a whole data editor that mimics Excel in some ways, but it's under, underneath everything. We had to think about how does YouTube help people? to explain information. So we got a little bit of that. We got a little bit of uh, PowerPoint type of things, iMovie. All these concepts, bring them back together and and put them together as a package. I think that to, to us, we sort of, it was an inverted design process where not, we didn't start by trying to make an equivalent of, I don't know what the equivalent of pages would be or, or Word or whatever, because yeah, yeah. I can't type. Uh, I'm not saying that there will be, necessarily be a, a, an equivalent but you look at apps like GarageBand or Paper and they you know these are some of the apps that are rethinking things it, uh, the, I think the where I would look is for apps 
that are saying, how can we be better than the desktop equivalent? If you look at the GarageBand, for example, the experience on an iPad, I think it's superior. Yeah. It might not have as many features, but, but the experience on the iPad playing with GarageBand is superior to the experience on the desktop. I can't say that about, uh, you know, uh, some of the other, uh, you know, like a, a, a tablet version of PowerPoint. Well, so uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Well, the reason it's so good is because of touch. Mostly, it's now you can put down ten or even eleven fingers on the iPad and have them all independently tracked. So that's a huge bonus if you're doing a uh, drum machine, for example. I, I feel like there are probably some some things right there with an Excel type spreadsheet app. But the problem is spreadsheet apps are made so much for the mouse point-and-click environment that it would need a complete fundamental rethink, I would say. Right, and also, and people have tried this. There was a, uh, an effort called, I want to say Grid or something. It was a, uh, maybe a Y Combinator thing. Mm. I'm not, I don't remember. It was a few months ago, and I haven't heard anything from them. But the, 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 there is another thing about the shift. Uh, it used to be, so this is actually fundamental to the way we look at it, because while there's the question that, Scott, you asked about spreadsheets, I'm going to ask a question about where is this data coming from? It used to be that data was hard to come by. Right. Therefore, people used to uh, work hard at creating and, and curating data personally. So they would actually have their own spreadsheets and they would build models and stuff. Today, if you want data, you do a Google search. You go to Wikipedia. Yeah. A lot of data is available in abundance. So the problem has shifted away from computing, uh, like creating your own data sets, and into consuming and, and combining data sets. So in the places where we're looking, we're actually looking at, uh, for example, one of the things we're looking at is just like our image search where we go on the internet and search, is it possible for us to do a data search so you can talk about something uh, you know do a query and we go and find a data set that matches your needs hmm. that's, that's interesting it. So, yeah, that, so all of a sudden yeah. you know now you can you know you can create new stories that have even data in them because that's one of the things people ask us where do I get my data well one way is you search the internet and why not integrate that so it changes the problem yeah and I, I think, I, I think the, to I think your point I think the one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking was, you know, so, if, you know, you've got the traditional kind of, um, you know, guy sitting there cranking out my my company's accounting data into yeah. some spreadsheet that and I think probably what you're saying, I think is, it rings true is that the evolution of that will be that that data will become available from the application itself in kind of raw form. And I'll use applications like yours to present it. Just as I would have done in Excel, I have all these pretty pivot tables that turn into charts. I'm going to have that same capability in applications like yours. Well, you, you already do, obviously. But the data, I can just you know suck that data in from my accounting system raw and not have to go through the Excel process and then turn that Excel thing into something I put inside PowerPoint. Right. It's, in you, fact, you're, Exactly. And in fact, this, what you just described has already happened in enterprises. If mm -hmm. you were today, we have uh, customers and people who use Perspective who, who have come to us and say, you know, I, I want, I'm an account rep and I want to present to my customer what their, you know, what their uh, numbers look like, like how much they're using of our services. You know, for some, imagine I'm selling widgets and I want to 
I sell it to a um, a company, say ExxonMobil or whoever, and they want to see if uh, if that the people at that company want to see how much they're using. That's what I counter up to. If they go, they actually IT has these things built. They have these things called business intelligence and this and that. And what happens is that by they you have to go request the report, and by the time the report makes becomes available. The data has gotten stale because it takes like weeks to get these things. That's right, and yep. it's, it's it's not customizable because like they pre-generated a flash file that you have to show to your people. <laughs> yes. So so this is like what people some of the uses are perspective, and, and we're like it's it's weird because we have a lot of different people doing different things with it. Is like I'm going to cut out that whole process, and I the account rep, I'm just going to load like you said, Scott. I'm going to export as. Excel, you know, a lot of systems have export capabilities. I'm going to export it and load it into perspective. That's like a poor man's, uh, they, they call it OLAP, online analytical processing or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. so, so, I mean, that's another use. People use it to just understand what, what their stuff is yeah. uh, in terms of the underlying message that the data carries. So um, I, I think that the important part to keep in mind is for there's this idea that a new generation of something comes along and kills an entire existence of previous generation, whatever it might be, and that's not how things happen in real life. What what happens is that when when the TV came along, it did not kill radio. Radio just specialized. So radio used to be the way you broadcast information, and then when the ra- when the TV came along, uh, it it it. Uh, took over a bunch of those uses, and then radio became more specialized. Now it's something you listen in the car. You may not listen as much to it. Uh, and, and then when, you know, th- so, so I think what's going to happen is Excel is never going away. It's right. just that the people who depend on it are, have already been reduced, and there will be less and less. So um, I think that's how I would, I would look at that. Interesting. Yeah. It's similar to the car and truck uh, analogy, I would think. You know, it's uh, Excel is a very specialized weapon, and uh, most people don't need uh, don't need that. Right, um, and and I think again, going back to the 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 means of production, I need to make a compelling. I need to leave my audience. Let's say it's my boss. I'm trying to compel them to change the way our product is working. Or you know we are not having as many uh, customers doing X, and we want them to Y. Or I want to go in front of a bunch of people and convince them that my perspective to something is is correct. I have that goal. The fastest and the most yeah. uh, most wowing, fastest, most uh, broad way I can get there is what I should use. Yeah, it's I'm not you know then maybe that brings. Uh, Breaks down to spending two minutes in Excel or five minutes in Excel, and uh, you know an hour in perspective, or maybe it, it you know it, I, we're not against people using Excel. We're not trying to take over the world for everything. Sure, we're yeah. just trying to find com- compelling ways to communicate, um, and and that productivity is what we care about. So so you know we just keep hacking at it, trying to make people uh, more productive in creating compelling. Um, stories. So before we close here, uh, I wanted to just quickly touch on uh, where you would say perspective is going. Do you have any any, any sort of uh, forward 
forward-thinking uh, things you want to talk about in terms of where the product's going, what, what you're going to be releasing soon? Oh, that's interesting. Well, we, uh, you know, I think the Airshow feature is, is something that we have just um, released, and, and we're going to be uh, thinking about how, the, how to make that more and more broadly available. Uh, we right. think it's very powerful, this concept of I'm just going to give you a call, and as soon as uh, you pick up that call, you were talking and say, let me show you something. And I just whip out my iPad, and you see it on your iPad. We think that, you know, without conferencing software, without all that stuff, we think that's very com- uh, compelling. So mm. we're going to put some, you know, continue to try to improve that so it's uh, zero configuration right. and, and, and zero effort. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy now, but, you know, there's always ways that we could make that easier. <laughs> yeah. We are doing these workshops um, that is, is to get other people to learn how to, how to tell stories in the ways that we think uh, work. And, of course, we're only, like, you know, we're only in the beginning of this, this storytelling medium to see where it takes us. Um, and, and w- you know, we're always interested. What, what we like to see is more authors, more people who are, like to tell stories um, and, and for them to use perspective and tell us uh, how we can help them tell those stories. And hopefully they will come up with something that we can feature. So, so those are the places we're going. Great. So how do, uh, how do people find perspective? How do people find you? Uh, where should people go? Okay, so to find perspective is pretty easy. It's uh, like Scott said, it's uh, pizza.com. That spells like pizza, but with X. That's the easiest way I could explain it. <laughs> yeah. P-I-X-X-A.com. Uh, and the same handle uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's the Pixa handle for, for our company. And um, I guess the best way to get in touch with me is uh, my uh, first name. Farshad, F-A-R-S-H-A-D, at pixa.com, P-I-X-X-I-A, dot C-O-M. Uh, or on Twitter, uh, Farshad Nayeri, my full name hopefully is in show notes or yes. something. N-A-Y-E-R-I is my last name. And, um, and I'm on Twitter, so you guys can reach out to me. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing from uh, any and all of the audience. Cool and and the uh, so you can go on the uh, app store and download Perspective. It's free to start, right? Yes, the Perspective app is available on the app store for the iPhone as uh, iPad as well as the iPhone or iPod Touch and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the app is free. You can also uh, there's many stories that have already been built that you can watch for free as well uh, in the in the featured stories. Uh, you can also uh, create a one story to try it out uh, for free. Otherwise, you can get what we call the uh, the Pro Kit to allow you uh, full access to the to the editing environment and creation environment if you're interested in creating stories. All right, and then the the last thing the the air show uh, workshops. So the, there was one in in San Fran. I believe you're doing one in Chicago. Uh, with the 37 Signals guys at the 37 Signals offices this weekend, uh, and you'll you'll have more going forward, I, I imagine as well. Um, y- yeah, that's thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Yes, uh, so we are we are going around the world. We are um, trying to figure out where the demands are in different cities. Um, I think I heard there was a there was a bunch of people at Vancouver who were interested. I'm not sure where we would go next. Probably try Boston. Um, yeah, so, so we are going to continue these workshops. We think 
it's not only a way to get the word out, it's also really a great learning uh, environment for not only the audience, but we learn from talking with the audience. Mm. So, uh, and, and uh, you know, Horace, uh, we're working closely with Horace, advancing the state of presentation and bringing in a lot of things from, uh, from cinema, uh, a lot of tricks and, and theories from cinema and from, uh, you know, data visualizations from, from uh, communication, magic, you name it. We, we are looking at all sorts of areas to bring in new tricks to make presentations interesting. Absolutely. Sounds great. Well, we, uh, that's all the time we have for today. We will be back as usual in two weeks for, for our next episode. I want to thank you a lot for shot for, for giving us the time. Uh, it's been very interesting. Thank you for having me guys. This was awesome.